morning when I was deciding what to wear, I thought, should I go casual? This is the best shirt that I like of all the men's conferences we used to have because it says, leaving a legacy. And I thought, you know what? It struck me this morning to put this shirt on because whether or not we think we are, each one of us while we're on this earth is going to leave a legacy, all right? And today, I'm actually going to talk about a man that left a very positive legacy, but I'm also going to compare it to one that, as far as we know, didn't. And, and maybe we can decide which camp we want to be in. And, uh, and, and I'm hoping that God will speak to each and every one of us, including me, about that issue, okay? Because today, as we continue our series, Call to Repent, as you know, we're, the whole theme is uh, this year that the God qualifies the call, okay? Ordinary men doing extraordinary deeds because God qualifies the call, okay? So today, I want to talk about, and I've talked about this guy a lot of times, okay? Usually when I'm having uh, an essential altar call, uh, but uh, today the character that's going to be discussed is Zacchaeus. So it's going to be about him in the Bible, all right? And, uh, and, and what Zacchaeus was, if you don't know the story, he was a publican or a tax collector in the, land of in, in the land of Israel at the time of Christ's ministry. Not only that, but Scripture says he was the chief tax collector. And you may have already heard this story. It, it, it's become over the years a, a good children's uh, Sunday school story, but... Um, that story has so much more implications for each of us. And it's a, it's a valuable lesson when it comes to repentance and it comes especially to the grace and mercy of God and his plan of salvation. If you came here today curious about some of those things, well, you're, you're actually in the same boat that Zacchaeus was some 2,000 years ago. You see, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his grace and mercy is always being offered to those who will repent and turn to him as the only way to salvation. Man, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we lift you up, Lord. We lift you up in what you're going to say. Let not my words be heard, Lord, but yours. Father, as we hear the story from your Bible today, may it touch, touch our lives, and may each and every one of us leave here today changed, being doers of the word, not just hearers, but changed because you spoke to us through your precious and holy word. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So tax collectors in, in, in the ancient Roman territories they kind of abused their position, and they had that reputation. They, they defrauded those from whom they were collecting the money from. So by what they were doing is they would collect more than Rome would require, and they would use the rest to, to line their pockets. And as, as a result, they were pretty much hated by the citizenry, especially by those in Israel because of the greedy abuses. Because, you see, the Jews hated the tax collectors because they represented to them a repressive and idolatrous state that they felt had no right to rule over them. 
So the chief tax collector, he was a reliable servant of Rome, and he would reliably collect the taxes. And he, it would enrich them in several ways, some, some, that were, uh, some that were permissible, but some that were totally non-ethical. And that's how Zacchaeus gained the wealth that he had, because Zacchaeus had many possessions. He was someone that we find out that was exploiting others rather than working on healthy relationships. And this was common in that profession. So let's pick up the story of Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19, up on the screen, verses 1 to 4. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man, Jesus this was, he entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about ready to pass that way. You know, there's certainly times when curiosity can get us in trouble, right? But, but this is not one of them, because we're going to discover today where the opposite was true. Perhaps because of his curiosity in finding out who this Jesus really was and what he was doing in Jericho and what he had to say, Zacchaeus' life was about ready to be changed forever. You see, Zacchaeus may have come out of curiosity, but what he didn't know was that Jesus arranged a divine appointment just for him to be in Jericho, to be in that sycamore tree. And you know, today, Jesus may just have arranged a divine appointment for you and me to get up for Band of Brothers. So keep that possibility open so that maybe, maybe we can hear what he is saying to each one of us. Let's continue in Luke 19 with verses 5 to 7. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. You know, I like that. Jesus said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. And it doesn't say Zacchaeus got himself ready, tightened up his shirt and made sure his hair was straight. Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. And Zacchaeus made haste and came down. And yes, what happened? The gossipers the gossipers had their tongues wagging already, you know, because, because here was Jesus who claimed to be one with the Father, and in the eyes of them, at least a holy man, and probably in their minds a prophet, going to dine with a publican, a chief one at that, who they judged was one of the worst of all sinners. A man who has made a fortune by extorting and abusing others. And here was this Jesus going to dine with this man. 
And in their judgmental minds, they felt that nothing good could come out of these types of relationships. Yet, you know what? Jesus had a divine perspective, amen? Jesus had and he chose more than once to associate with men like Zacchaeus, with those that others viewed as undesirable or deplorables by those people that claimed to be holy. Let's read Matthew 9, 9 to 13. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at a tax booth, another tax collector. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And here we go. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. They had an earthly perspective. Why is he associating with the worst of these sinners, defrauding us? We're struggling already. We're struggling to make ends meet, and these tax collectors are lining their pockets. And here's a guy that claims to be the Son of God, okay? And we feel that he's a holy man, and yet he's associating with these people because, you know, we're so high and mighty. We know the law. We're following the law to the letter, and that might have been the problem, right? Because if you remember when we studied the Sermon on the Mount a few years back, right? Jesus wasn't preaching the letter of the law. He was preaching the spirit of the law. Right? So you say that you have not murdered. Well, if you're angry at your brother, you have murdered. Okay? He's preaching the spirit of the law. And they were listening to the, trying to follow, making sure they had their clothes right, making sure they had the fringes cut right, making sure they had the right, you know, the right toga on or whatever. They were following the letter of the law, but Jesus was following the spirit of the law. And that's what he was, requires of you. And that's what he requires of me, which we don't often follow. I'll speak for myself. Okay, so notice what happens to Zacchaeus in the rest of the story. Because his calling by Jesus to this ordinary man with a sin nature, with which we were all born, by the way, and the same sin nature, in fact, that those people had that we're judging not only Zacchaeus, but we're judging Jesus. Let's look at, back to Luke chapter 19, verses 8 to 10. And Zacchaeus, remember, Jesus said, make haste. I want to come and dine at your house today. Make haste. And Zacchaeus made haste. He came down. He welcomed the Lord, okay? And so, so, so let's look at 9, 8, 10. And Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that 
which was lost. I will restore fourfold. You know, he was following the law. In the law, it, it talks about that. You don't just give back what you defrauded people. You give back fourfold. So, 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 so Zacchaeus knew the law, and he was willing to do that because Jesus had called him, and he had accepted the call. He made haste and came down from that tree. Man, let's not, I don't want to miss the profound message of this encounter in the Bible because you see, the story of Zacchaeus encapsulates the gospel and the power of God's grace to redeem lives. Zacchaeus, at best, was disliked, but more than likely he was hated as the chief tax collector for raising money for the government under whose strict rule these Israelites were. Tax collectors were known to be corrupt. Not only was Zacchaeus extremely wealthy, but he was hated by his own people. What a position to be in. Yet his act of restitution and his great lesson on how he was converted by God and his repentance proves that repentance always produces positive results. Zacchaeus can be an example of the change that we can have in our lives because of Jesus Christ. This aspect of restitution and restoration by Zacchaeus is important, but it's not what saved him. He just felt like he had defrauded people and he wanted to go back and make things right and restore them. But his restoration, no matter how dramatic it was, it was not what saved him. It's God's grace, the same grace that he gives to us, that gave Zacchaeus the faith to believe and brought about salvation, not his works, and made him a son of Abraham. And remember what the Bible says, okay? By grace you are saved through faith, and that's not of yourself. It's a gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. And then the verse right after that tells us that we are saved under good works that he planned for us from the beginning. So Zacchaeus now had the ability and had the power by the salvation of Christ to do the good works that Jesus wanted him to do and leave the legacy of a man that Jesus wanted him to be. And he immediately, and he immediately vowed to do that. I'm going to restore everybody that I defrauded fourfold. Let's look at Galatians 3, 7 to show about this being the son of Abraham. The Bible says, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. Not those that restored what they cheated. Not those that helped somebody fix their car. Not those that gave money in the collection. Okay, it is the faith that makes him the son of Abraham. Um, and that's what made Zacchaeus the son of Abraham. Another important aspect of this encounter is the mockery and derision 
that both he and Jesus were shown by the Pharisees when the Lord went to dine at Zacchaeus' house. When we stand up for Christ, especially in today's world, we also can be mocked. Jesus tells us to expect that, right? In this world, you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer because we know who the ultimate victor is. We've read the end of the Bible. And we know that Jesus says, my kingdom will be forever and the gates of hell cannot destroy it. Let alone the words of people that would persecute us as we stand up for our faith. Are we willing? Are we willing to stand up for our faith? We talked about in the leaders meeting, Caleb, how God sent out 12 tribe members, one from each tribe, to scout out the promised land and told them to take it. He had promised them the promised land, and they came back, 10 of them, with a bad report. And Joshua and Caleb, Caleb said, basically, I don't care what the giants look like in that land. God promised us the land. Let's do it. But there was only one Caleb and one Joshua. And they were overruled, and the result was they wandered around in the desert for 40 years when if had they believed the promise of God, they could have walked right in. The Lord brought salvation to Zacchaeus. Today, salvation has come to this house. And maybe today, salvation... It's come to our house. God turns Zacchaeus, his enemy, into one who loved him. He turned a crooked taxpayer, tax collector, I'm sorry, into a restorer of those ill-gotten funds. And Christ turned him from a deceitful sinner into a repentant follower of God. God consistently gives us opportunities to repent. Amen? He wants our salvation because he came to save sinners. Yet, yet that we allow ourselves so often, me, you, I'm sure, there's one or two in here also, that we allow ourselves to get caught up and attached to sensual and material possessions and pleasures. And for some, that even blocks their path to the kingdom of God. And for others of us, it breaks communion with the holy God and breaks fellowship because we want these things sometimes more than we want Christ. We have to be honest, men. Let's talk about another example and another legacy. And I hate to be hard on this guy, but the rich young ruler, okay? You know the story. He came to Christ and says, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? You see, Jesus knew that this young man had fallen in love with his possessions. One of the, misquoted, one of the most misquoted verses in the Bible, by the way, is that Money's the root of all evil. That's not what the Bible says. God blessed David, Solomon, with tons of money. 
The verse says the love of money is the root of all evil. And Jesus knew that this young man had fallen in love with his possessions. So he told him, sell all your possessions, give all the money to the poor, and come and follow me. Yet sadly, this rich young ruler became very sad and walked away from God because he had many possessions. Just like Zacchaeus, he had many possessions. Let's look at Luke 18, 24 to 27. After this encounter with the rich young ruler, Jesus said, Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, how difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, then who could be saved? But he said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Men, where are you today? Where am I? If we really examine ourselves through God's eyes, do you think you're more like Zacchaeus? Or you are more like the rich young ruler? But first, there may be someone here today that's never, never accepted Christ, never taken that. You've been curious. You've been hearing about Jesus. It's been an interesting. It's been interesting. <laughs> it's been interesting to you. Okay? And you came here today maybe. Well, let's take care of a little business. Sometimes we make salvation the stumbling stone that it's not meant to be. So I'm going to ask us all to bow our heads. If there's any man here today that the Spirit is speaking to, today Jesus wants to dine at your house. Today salvation can come to your house. It's not the words of the prayer, although it is. It's the condition of the heart. You can say it in any way you want, but let's do that right now. If you're a man in here or more than one that's never asked Jesus to be Lord and Savior, let's take care of that business right now, okay? Simple prayer. Father, I know I'm a sinner. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And I repent. Like Zacchaeus, today I repent of my sins, Father. And I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Tell the Father that. He will never refuse that prayer. I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. Jesus, come live in my heart. I invite you to live in my heart through your Holy Spirit. And I want to live from today on. Tell him that. I want to live from today on, my Father God, for Jesus Christ. Lord, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And help me, help me to keep you first in my life the rest of my days. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Jesus was curious about Jesus, and he went to Jericho. You know, he went to Jericho to see Jesus with his physical eyes. And it was out of curiosity. But what happened was 
Jesus changed his heart in that encounter. Jesus was preparing for it. He was preparing ahead of time. He arranged for Zacchaeus to show up. He arranged for Zacchaeus to get in that tree so he could see him. And Jesus changed his heart. And he went from seeing with his physical eyes to seeing with his spiritual eyes. Men, you and I, when we come to the true understanding of Jesus, that he's the Son of God who paid for all of our sins, past, present, future, with that death on the cross and resurrection, when we come to that realization, we too are looking through spiritual eyes. Remember, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and that includes everyone. Everyone in this room, everyone in this world, everyone that's ever lived. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. When Jesus asks us to follow him, and we do, and we repent, we become part of his kingdom. Remember 2 Corinthians, look at 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That's exactly what happened to Zacchaeus once he repented and decided to follow Jesus. Meeting Jesus changed Zacchaeus into a completely new person. Jesus died on the cross to pay for all the sins of anyone that would be saved. When like Zacchaeus, when like Zacchaeus, we believe Jesus and repent and we follow after him and seek him daily in our lives, Jesus will change us from the inside out, making us a new creation, one that can glorify him. Men, aren't you glad that Jesus makes all things new and not all new things? Aren't you glad that Jesus takes you and me and takes that stony heart and gives, a, and gives a fleshy heart and makes us new from the inside out so that our behavior will change, not because we're working on our behavior, but because our heart is new and it's for Jesus Christ and he makes all things new, not all new things. Can somebody say hallelujah? hallelujah. Amen. I don't know, but I get excited about that because I know I'm not deserving. And I know I go out there every day and don't act, don't always behave. But I need to examine my life at the end of each day. And God has already provided the forgiveness, and all we got to do is accept it and forget about the guilt. Just go out there and try. Seek God every day. Don't try to live for God. Try to let God abide in, abide in God and let Christ live through you. Like Paul said, it's no longer I to sin, but the sin nature that's within me. I have died and am crucified. The old man is crucified with Christ, and he's made all things new. 
Just like Zacchaeus, Jesus wants to visit our house today. Jesus, like in times past, may be looking for a man to stand in the gap so that he can save our nation. This time, will he find even one? Will he find men who are willing to repeat, repent, I'm sorry, and seek after him and truly abide in him? Stand up, men, and be counted. Time is short. Are we willing to put on the full armor of God and take the sword of spirit and march into the battle to save our nation, to save our freedom for our children, for our grandchildren, and for future generations? This burden may be heavy. It's a heavy burden, but Jesus tells us that his yoke is easy. Jesus is calling you, and he's calling me. Each of us must decide, are we going to be like Zacchaeus, or are we going to be like the rich young ruler and turn our backs on Christ? Or are we going to be like Zacchaeus and let Jesus dine at our house? Men, listen up. Today is the day of decision. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for each and every man here that I love each and every one of them, Lord. I pray, Father, that each one of us, including me, the chiefest, like Paul of sinners, I pray that every one of us walk out of here today changed because we've come to know Jesus Christ better and want to follow him. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.